self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we, we are conversation, conversation con artists, artists. Hey, people, I'm Mr. On Point. And I'm Calamity Red. <laughs> and we are back for another show. You are in a really good mood today. Or a silly mood. Or... I don't know. Well, I guess we'll figure out on this. <laughs> we're going to see what it is. <laughs> hey, you in some kind of a mood today. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what it is. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Try to always be good. Hard man. It's hard it's for extreme. a pimp. <laughs> I'm not a pimp though. I imagine it's hard for it. They say that. Often. It has to be. I would imagine that's a hard line of work to be in. Right? Must be. Um, so today we're gonna start off with some unnatural selection, change it up a bit. Um let's start off on a good note. I like to start off <laughs> on a good note and we're gonna end on a weird note, then we'll put the bullshit in between. Good stuff. Um, so the Ava DuVernay doll, she has her own doll. Okay. Um, and I spoke, we talked about her. I want, I also want to start off with her because we talked about her briefly, like last year, yeah. uh, last year, last, <laughs> last week, week. <laughs> don't know where that came from. Um, so she has a doll Okay. and the doll was sold on Amazon and it sold out within minutes. Like, literally, I don't know if they've replenished it now or not, but earlier in the week, like, it sold out within minutes of them, like, releasing it, um, which cool. is great. That's a good thing for little black girls. I remember I was a tomboy, so I ain't really play with dolls too much, but my mm-hmm. mom always wanted me to. Um, and so I remember, like, playing with white dolls or even, like, the few times I would get, like, black dolls. Um, they didn't look like me. They just looked like the white doll with black skin like yeah. they just colored the white doll they didn't change any of the features like it didn't look like me still had little had, thin lips and still had the straight and hair still had that and, silky hair that was not yeah. growing out of my head so just wasn't a it wasn't an accurate a, representation yeah so the ava duvernay and i hope i'm saying her name right i really feel bad if i'm but her doll has her features so it looks like her so the larger lips it has her nose they attempted to do the dreads you know, which is, yeah. it's not easy to do on doll hair without it looking, because if they had done it too, and then the people would be like, why I got to look like that? <laughs> why her hair so bushy? So, you But know, it looked far, far closer to what, you know, a representation of African-American hair looks like than anything that we've probably seen. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. So I just thought that was cool and that's something for like, you know, little black girl. And I think now it's, it's more, di- it's different than when I was growing up. Because they have like, I think they have more options. Because you have, uh, what's the little doctor, Doc McStuffins? Isn't Doc McStuffins black? I don't know what that is. Doc <laughs> McStuffins? What is that? Doc McStuffins <laughs> is a kid's show that she's a doctor that works on, I think, stuffed animals. Like, and so... It's like Barney or it's like I don't one of like those that. shows, but you don't like the Because I look up name origins all the time and McStuffins as a last name. What is that? Would I that guess, be Scottish it, or Irish? I mean. Because it got that Mac in front of it. I think McStuffins because she I works know, on the stuff. I know, but you know. Kids are not going to be thinking that deep into it, Miss <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> well, with it with influences, I wouldn't be letting my kids watch Doc McStuffins because the name <laughs> don't make sense for that culture. I think Doc McStuffins is supposed to be black. So she's a little black doctor. Uh, and so they have little 
sets. And the only reason I know this because I ain't got no kids. The only reason okay. I know that is because I have friends <laughs> who have kids and they little girls love Doc McStuffins. And I'm, I think she's supposed to be black, African American. So, you know, they have more options, I feel like, than I had anyway. But yeah. the Ava DuVernay doll, is, the fact that it's sold out like that, it makes me happy because it's something that people, like, are looking for and want in a parent. Now, granted, I feel like it was probably a, a shitload of adults buying this doll for themselves, just for collectibles, maybe. Hopefully, some little girls get to play with the dolls. Yeah. But you know how we do. Like, I'm going to keep this. It'll be worth some money one day. So I don't know. How that's gonna work but i thought it was cool i mean literally minutes in the doll was sold out so i don't know if they replenished it or not i didn't look on amazon but well, clearly as a man in american society i did not play with dolls <laughs> now i've had some run-ins and brush-ins with dolls because i've had female cousins that yeah. had dolls and things of that nature that... you weren't one of those that pulled the heads off no you? no no i okay. played i played with my cousins and with the dolls okay. if the time presented itself yeah and nobody was watching yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, but for me you know it's like i play with action figures you know yeah, batman yeah. robin and those kind of things but you know i think what would be interesting to see is because when you look at corporate america and you look at how much money some african-american avenues are, pr are providing for those companies mm -hmm. i wonder what that's going to do for the industry to market dolls to young young yeah. black people like if they saw this doll so sell out just like that, yeah. who's going to make the next yeah. black African-American doll? Or was that because Ava DuVernay is who she is? Yeah. Or I, adults just bought all of them. I really feel like it was a lot of adults. I feel like, you know, uh, Lupita Nyong'o probably going to get her own doll. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it's a changing in the tide or not. But I do like that it sold out. Even if adults bought it, it it's showing that we do support things. <laughs> well, whoever produced these dolls and saw how fast they sold uh -huh. out, it would be very wise yeah. to go find some very positive female role models and start coming out with a line of those dolls. Yeah. You know, make it like, though, what are those dolls? American Girl dolls or something yeah, like that? Yeah, American make, Girl. I mean, if you can, <laughs> you can market, this can become something. It could. It you know could. what I'm saying? Because it's, I mean, literally, it was within minutes. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, it was fast. This can become something. That, you know, you got something that represents the likeness of a group that spent a lot of time in this country having a lot of things that did not represent their likeness. Yeah. And even though it's taking so long to come, when you see how fast something like this is sold out, mm -hmm. it's something. You yeah. can do something with that. Yeah. No. Um. Let's see. I, I'm gonna briefly talk about Meek Mills and Nicki Minaj and <laughs> the ride or die chick mentality. Oh no. How I ain't ride or die. So anybody out there, you end up dating me. I'm not ride or die. I'm telling you now. Um. So Meek Mills apparently violated the conditions of his parole by going to the American Music Awards because he didn't get permission. Which is like, if all you gotta do, cause you're an artist who tours, so obviously they give you permission to do some stuff. If it's as simple as getting permission, why you just get permission? But so apparently he wasn't supposed to go, and they didn't know he was going, or whatever the case may be. So this week he's been in court on his probation violation and apparently nikki went and testified on his behalf now some people might look at this and be like man she's ride or die she's there standing by her man 
Me, I'm not finna testify at your probation here. First of all, I'm not gonna knowingly date somebody on probation personally. Me, I'm just not. Just not my cup of tea, not gonna do it. I'm definitely not finna come and testify on your behalf at your probation here. When I hear that, that makes me think of, you remember the lady that won the Powerball and she bailed her boyfriend out like two or three times? It it, it totaled up to like $9 million to get... You did it once, and then he did some dumb shit. Like, he had a gun and some weed in the house when they came to check, and then he went back. See, that kind of thing? I'm not doing that. I'm not finna go to court and testify on your behalf, and then a month later, you doing some more dumb shit. I'm not finna do it. I'm sorry. I'm not ride or die. I just... And, it like, I hate when I hear people even say that, because you have girls who feel like they have to stand by these men, no matter what they do, because I, I gotta be a ride or die. I want him to say I'm a ride or die. I'm not finna... I, I'm no... I think I think Ryder Dynas lies on a scale. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two, I would take jail time and or get murdered for this person. <laughs> very down to the very bottom of I wouldn't even get into a fight about something you. related to you. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's a scale. And yeah. I think that the subjective amount of loyalty that you feel you owe to a person determines where you lie on that scale. Here's my problem with it. You have ride or die women, ride or die chicks. You don't ever hear nothing about no ride or die men. You don't ever hear nothing about no men who gonna go run and get these women out of jail. They get locked up for doing some stupid shit for you or, or whatever. Like, I just, why? I don't understand. Why is it one so one-sided? Like, Well, men, I think men, especially when you watch like stuff like Belly and all those oh, like hood Lord. movies and stuff. And I'm not saying that it don't exist in other cultures yeah i'm saying that we kind of glorify that position of women in that and so men have created that position for women to be in because men have traditionally been the criminals in society as to where back when frank lucas was alive selling all the drugs (laughs) and it was like 40 other dudes selling drugs it might have been one woman (laughs) you know she didn't need no and she didn't need no ride that i do yeah you know she ran the show yeah and so i think when you look at women in society and where men have been they created a need for a woman that will stand by my side through all of this stuff and to do my bidding and frankly most of the time well some of the time to take the fall for stuff yeah and guess who not finna do that (laughs) (laughs) the people on the very bottom of that scale (laughs) with you (laughs) i'm all the way at the bottom i'm not finna do shit i'm sorry and i don't Here's the thing. My thinking is you shouldn't even be asking me to. The fact that you even want me to pisses me off. And I know we can't be together. Like the fact that this is even something that you think I'm going to do for you is laughable to me. So she went to court and I'm not sure what exactly she said or what she could say because it's like he violated his. This isn't this isn't a question of if he did it. It's a a question. Are we going to punish him for it? Because. American Music Awards to televised. We know you were there. They're like, what is she going to say? Like, mm-hmm. she, It's not like she's going to be like, he was with me. He wasn't there. Like, we know you were there. So I'm not sure exactly what her testimony was. I'm just saying I wouldn't do shit yeah. personally. Not going to do it. I mean, and, and as you were just saying, I don't think I would be like, hey, baby, come on and talk to these folks for me. <laughs> I think I'll be like, you know what? I messed up. Ain't no point of you getting involved in this situation. Let me just go. Whatever gonna happen, gonna happen. I might have to go to jail for a little time. I'll be back. Exactly. You that makes more like, sense to me. And I guess that 
falls on the character of the man in this situation. Yeah. Will you let your woman be dragged in some stuff that don't have anything to do with and you? There are a lot okay. where, who, who are... Do with her. The ones that are looking for ride or die chicks, absolutely. That's what they need them for. I just, I'm not, I don't have... <laughs> I don't have a personality for that. Like, I mean, it's, it's a misplaced sense of loyalty. It is. It's like loyalty on steroids. It's like loyalty on crack. Like loyalty on cocaine. <laughs> loyalty on something addictive. Something problematic because... That level of loyalty, it don't start in the man saying that he wants that from you. It starts in you putting yourself in a position for a man to need you in that way. It's co well, and I'm you know, I don't want to get <laughs> clinical, but it's codependent as shit. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. It's this idea of and then the thing is you you do all of these things and it's like I do all these things and I'm not appreciated. But why are you doing all these things? Like that's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah. Why are you doing all these things? In the first place. So, you know, good luck, Godspeed to Nicki Minaj. And, you know, I just I just find it. I'm not, you know, I don't know how her ex-boyfriend, Safari, or whatever his name was. You know, I don't know what kind of a person he was. All I know is she's been in the news a lot more with Meek Mills for bad things <laughs> than she ever was when she was with that dude. So, Take that for what you will, but I won't say bad more than I will say trivial. Well, yeah, like I mean stuff that you can do without, but ain't just like bombs dropping. Well, yeah, I mean he ain't, you know, it hadn't been something hard, but she wasn't in there. You didn't even hear about Safari. Like he was in the background, he was there with her, he was traveling with her. He wasn't, you know, it was nothing. Like you yeah. didn't really hear about him. A lot of people didn't even know for a long time that she was even with anybody. Like he was just there. Meek on the other hand. Meek getting into beefs with folks every other week and crying about things all over Twitter every other week. And now he didn't violated his probation. And he's starting, like, when he, Wale was the last one I think he had an issue with. Just, kind of, just, he's so immature. He seems so immature to me. Like, I just don't, he would annoy me. Like, I, I This was going to happen with anybody yeah. famous that she dated. It might. I mean, I don't think anybody that she dated would have got into beef with Drake. But maybe if Meek Mills wouldn't have dated Nicki, he wouldn't have got into beef with Drake. Maybe not. You never know. I mean. But that, that would have been for the better for him because he came out looking like an asshole in that. So that would have worked out better for him had he not got into it. This is getting into a butterfly effect conversation. <laughs> Trying to figure out what changes could make something happen. We'll never know. We won't. <laughs> so we got what we got. Basically. Um, let's go to uh, Aisha Curry and the comments that she made. Here's the thing, and I want people to understand this, because a lot of times people hear one thing and then they'll just run with it and make comments based on it. I encourage everybody to actually go and see what exactly it was that she said and then may have an opinion about it. Don't just hear, oh, she was slut-shaming these women, you know. Basically, what she said was that she would choose classy over trendy because trendy, you know, it's not enough covering. And she said she keeps the interesting or the fun bits covered for the person who matters in reference to her husband, Steph Curry. And people got all upset and she's slut-shaming and... Somebody went on her Instagram and found a picture of her in a bathing suit from 171 weeks ago. Literally. a hundred. You had to go through 171 weeks on her timeline on Instagram before you found something 
to say, well, you had on a bathing suit in this picture, bitch. What you said? Like, what? I personally was not offended by what she said because I took it as this is what she's chosen to do. She has a right to do that. If you want to be half naked, be half naked. Now, there's, are people going to have an opinion about you being half naked? Yes, because America. So yeah, they can. America. You know, just, I don't, I didn't see anything offensive about what she said. And I, I'm surprised that people got that upset about it. Like, it's amazing that it went as far as it did. Like, people started personally attacking her and just, like, were butthurt about this. And I just, That's crazy. It, she said the same thing that most of these people grandmama be saying. Like, Put some clothes on. Why yeah, you how you feel about your grandma? Unless your grandma was the 1960s scalawag. <laughs> then she, your grandma saying the same thing about you that Aisha Curry is saying in her own personal opinion. Like, we have taken it upon ourselves so much these days to be critical of other people's opinions. Sometimes just to do it. Yeah. And sometimes because they don't agree with what we agree with. And then it turned into an attack. Like, she can have that opinion if she like. And somebody and she, was like, why is she posting her opinion? Because it's Twitter. What the fuck else do people do on Twitter? All Twitter is is a bunch of people posting opinions that nobody asked them for. She's no different. Why should she? I mean, what do you mean why was she posting opinions? What else do people do on Twitter? It's Twitter. That's what it's for. And I don't think that she was saying that you shouldn't dress the way that you want to dress if you like to dress provocative. I don't think she was saying that you should never show any skin at any point in time, even if it's a bathing suit. She was merely saying that she would like to preserve what her goods are for her husband, who, if you didn't know, makes it rain threes from the three-point line <laughs> all day long, every day. <laughs> that boy is ridiculous. But I just don't think it's anybody's place to be that critical of her opinion even though you can do it you can it, i just was amazed that people got that upset one and they turned it into her slut shaming well first of all she didn't say women need to do this and women she said i i will pick classy over dressy trendy any day i save the good bits for the person that matters i me this is what i do this is my preference this is my clothing choice this is what i choose to do with you know with myself why are you mad though? <laughs> I don't understand why you get this upset about her saying that. Like, I, I just didn't see, it didn't offend me. Like, it just didn't. I, I saw it. Because at first, I was expecting to read her comments and she, like, went on this, like, tirade about, like, you know, naming names and just the way people were talking about it. And when I read it, I was like, what? Like, why are y'all mad about this? Like, this is nothing. This this ain't got nothing even to do with you. Like, obviously, you feeling some kind of way about yourself, and you're projecting this on her. Because she ain't said nothing about you personally. Like, she didn't bring you up. Why are you so mad? I don't understand. It wasn't that deep to me. It wasn't. For people to get that upset about. And you know what? They are a fun couple. They are. They're so cute. Yeah, like, they just <laughs> lively. They always on Twitter. They on Dub Smash. They doing so much. They don't hurt nobody. Just being themselves. And you know what? I hope she don't care. I hope this on phase. I she hope she do exactly care. what she gonna continue to do. I hope she just don't let this stuff bother her. I mean, some people let it bother yeah, you. Yeah, you know she don't seem to. And Steph Curry actually posted a picture of her with like a caption that said, "My wife, the instigator," <laughs> like making fun of the situation. Like they're yeah. not. I don't think that they're because they're so fun. I don't think they're taking it seriously. 
Um, they seem to be taking it in stride. Yeah. Um, cause she know that she didn't mean anything by it, and people with common sense know that she didn't mean anything yeah. by it, and it really shouldn't even be news, cause it's stupid. <laughs> like, um, I only have one more thing, and it's not really celebrity related. It's just let me tell you something. I love Japan, and I would like to visit Japan one day, but Japan be doing some questionable shit sometimes. Like, I fool with some anime now. I know you do. I tried. I couldn't get with it. I know you said I hadn't watched the right one. This is the same conversation I had with people. See, people tell me the same thing about beer. Oh, beer is delicious. You just have to drink the right one. I feel the same way about animated. I feel about beer. It shouldn't be. I shouldn't have to like go through so many to find. Like, obviously, it's not for me. It's just not for me. But anime is cool. My brother's super into anime, like super deep into it. He even draws his own anime cartoons. So I get it. Pan's great. I would like to visit. But sometimes they do shit, and I'd be like, really, Japan? So apparently, there is a company in Japan that has created a new perfume. A perfume. A perfume. Um, that you can either spray on you, or you can like spray onto fabrics. And the perfume is supposed to smell like the back of a cat's head. The back of a cat's head. Yes. An animal cat. Yes. Like, I ain't no other kind of cat, but. Like a pet cat. House cat. Head. Because apparently, the back of a cat's head smells nice. I don't know. Smells nice. <laughs> I grew up with cats. I mean, I will say that I never took the time out to just grab one of my cats <laughs> and smell the back of their head. But I have also never noticed something that would give me the inkling that something on the back of their head might smell good. Um is this founded by research or just like it, he, some individuals guy, weirdness? The guy, the head of the company, uh his name is Yamamoto. Um he spent four months researching this apparently. The name of it, if you'd like to purchase it, um, is Fluffy Brow Scented Fabric Water. Um, it's twelve hundred yen, which is nine dollars and ninety cents in U.S. currency. So if you want to get you some fluffy brow, you know, have at it. I, I first of all, you know my take on cats. I think cats are evil. <laughs> I think they're plotting to slowly cats take over the are world. Great. They are evil. They think that they they don't act like pets. Why would they don't act like pets? My dog is happy to see me. He is grateful for what I do. Cats look at you like, what took you so long? Your like, dog give me is my dependent. Food. Your dog needs you. He sure does. No, <laughs> I don't want a dependent animal. Hey, play with me. Hey, play with me. Hey, take me out the shit. <laughs> hey, give me my food. With cats, you put that shit box in the, wherever you're going to put it. You put their food out. They don't, they, they good. They independent. They but do their own they thing. They act like. They're better than you. Like, they have this whole attitude and they're evil. Like, they just look evil. Your cat will stand on the back of a corner of a, a cabinet or whatever you got in your room and just look at you. Yes. And I feel like it's protecting me. Protect like Batman. Just like Batman. It's just standing in the distance. And when trouble brews, cat's going to solve the problem. That little bastard is plotting <laughs> on you. Plotting. I don't know what, but they plot. There's a cat in my complex. When I walk my dog in the mud, the people have their blinds drawn. Somehow the cat get in between the blind and the window and he just standing there. Just looking down. Like it's creepy as shit, yo. I fucking hate that cat. 
like, I just want to go knock on your door and be like, get your cat out of the window, please. I don't want to see this every morning. Nothing to you. It's creepy. This cats is your pre-existing creepy. paranoia. Cats are creepy. I have never owned a cat. I will never own a cat. My kids gonna either have a puppy or they not having no pets. I'm not doing cats or kittens. I can't. They're weird and they creep me out. I wouldn't imagine that a, the back of a cat's head smell any different than the rest of that cat's body. And I feel like a cat smells like a cat. I don't want my house smelling like a cat. I don't want to spray my bed sheets with cat head perfume. I don't want any part of that. Japan, please. Like, I don't get it. I don't know why y'all come up with this stuff. They come up with some really strange things. My mom was a non-traditional cat lady, which means that she had a bunch of cats and had children. So we were the children, me and my brother. So we grew up with like five cats in the house most of the time. They were outside cats, so at any time you can open the door and like five cats will run in. So Hell no. I like cats. I cannot stand cats. I have a miniature schnauzer. He passes away. I'm going to get another dog. I will never have a cat. I can't. I don't even like being around though. Like I had a professor in my grad program who would have our meetings at his house and he had like two cats and I hated going over there because them damn cats were creep. They just come and just sit and stare. What are you looking at? What is the problem? I don't have no, I don't know what that kibble, whatever they eat, I don't have it. I don't have no fancy feast. Like why are you staring at me? I don't like cats. I don't deal with cats and I definitely would not purchase cat head perfume or fabric spray. Or anything that smells like I also just to to make it better, I guess we're not purchase dog head. <laughs> <laughs> dog head, fancy water. I might buy it just to see what they talking about. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna get you that that's gonna be your Christmas it's gift for me. I'm gonna get you I that's mean, gonna be your Christmas gift. I don't want no nine dollar <laughs> cat hair water <laughs> for no Christmas gift. I gotta buy that myself. <laughs> Because if it's the worst thing ever, I can't. I don't want to attach that to you now. You run that risk. You run that risk. Hey, I got witnesses. Everybody who listens to this heard you say you wanted it. That you're interested in seeing. I it said is- I might buy some for myself. Now wanting it and might buy some for myself. That's different. Those two different things. Oh shit! That's all I got for it. That's just okay. like shit. I just. All right. I saw that story and I was like, I have to mention this because what? Like, who even was he like? Does he have a pet cat? Was sniffing the back of his head and was like, this would be such a lovely scent. I've got to recreate this somehow. Like, I don't. Why would you even be interested in doing that? Like, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. I guess when you look at how many people are in Japan, which is a lot of people. Yeah. I guess you got to consider that there's going to be way more weirdos (laughs) than you would get in a smaller population. It'll be a bigger sample of weirdos. Yeah. Because he's probably a genius. Yeah. But he's probably one of those weird geniuses that instead of doing regular lucrative genius things, he going and smelling the back of animals' heads (laughs) to try to see if he can make some perfume that smells like the back of cats. <laughs> like, how do you explain? So, what are you up to these days? Making cat head perfume? <laughs> yeah, like the high school re- his high school reunion was definitely weird. He got put out. Of I'm something. sure, like we always knew he was crazy. I wonder how he introduced. He was like, "Okay, have you ever <laughs> smelt the back of a cat's head?" <laughs> okay, that's the best I can come up with. I'm making cat head perfume. That's <laughs> I don't know. I mm. that's such a weird thing, but I had to like I. 
I had to bring that to your attention because you like weird things, and I figured you would want it. I'm, go- I'm telling you, we gotta get some so we can see what it smells like. I, I don't sniff some. cats, so I don't. I don't even know. I, they smell like animals. I would feel. I just. I don't know. I don't know that they're gonna have a distinguishing smell like. People say babies have a smell. Babies do have a smell, though. Babies, then why wouldn't why wouldn't a, a baby or of another animal have a smell? But I feel like babies have a smell because we like coat them in like fucking Johnsons and John. Like they smell like that. Like I don't think that's what people mean when they say babies have a smell. I think they mean babies have some kind of natural smell. That's all I like. Maybe because I ain't had no kids <laughs> yet. I'm the first person to sound maternal and all of that. Not really. So. They just smell like Johnson Johnson. But nobody who don't have kids should say babies have a smell because who babies you been just sniffing? Yeah, anyway, you hold your friends' babies mm. and they smell like you know no. babies. But here's the, I don't. People say you know newborns are cute. I know people gonna probably disagree with me. I think all newborns look like little old people. They, I little just, old people. I they think they look like wrinkly. little salamanders. They all like, You can see through their skin. <laughs> you can see their veins. They just made out of cartilage. They, they just all, made out of illo that you can see through. wrinkly and like I don't know. pruny. They're not cute. I mean, I might feel differently about my own newborn. I ain't never seen a newborn and be like, oh, like they just look <laughs> like little old people to me. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. Like, newborn babies look weird. They all look crunched up and, you know. The so light. what you are also saying is that old people look like huge babies. No, old people just look like old people and babies look like, like newborns look like little old people. I don't know. Old babies people are supposed to look old. Newborns just got here. Why are you old? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got? That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well. I guess it's my turn. It is. It is your For turn. deliberate nonsense. It's been a crazy week, so I can just imagine. It is. It is a crazy week. Uh, the first story that I have is about Abigail Fisher. Stay mad, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Stay mad, Abby. Hashtag. Go look that up if you must. It's hilarious. Black because Twitter. black Twitter get a host of things and they do what they're going to do. <laughs> so but if you don't know about Abigail Fisher's story... She is a student that enrolled to the University of Texas. Or attended to, attempted to enroll. Attempted to enroll into the University of Texas. And she got denied. And upon getting denied, she felt like the reason that she got denied was because of affirmative action. She feels like that the school made affirmative action enrollments, meaning that they uh, enrolled minority students versus enrolling her. And so she took it to the courts in texas then she took it to the supreme court and i think she got turned away both times and now the supreme court is hearing it again she feels like the reason that she did not get enrolled into this school as a white person is because black people got accepted into the school and enrolled into this is the most amazing example of privilege i've ever seen like it can't be that you just didn't have the qualifications no no because you didn't get waitlisted while they let somebody else in you got rejected you got denied in getting enrolled in the school and so instead of you feeling like maybe it was something with you because it can't be you obviously this means that the school's policies were messed up and that they were letting in people not based on the fact that they were over more qualified than you it was because they were black because people have this idea that affirmative action just means let's just get six you know 
minority people in here. They don't, you know, they don't have to be smart. They don't have to have the grades. They don't have to meet the qualifications. Let's just meet this quota and just get six random minorities in here. Like, she needs to have several seats. I just don't understand. And I've had conversations with white gentlemen who have asserted that they lost a position to a black person because of affirmative action, you know? And the thing about affirmative action is that those of us who are either involved in it or not, we don't know. Mm -hmm. As a black person, we don't have access to whether we were an affirmative action hire or mm -hmm. if we didn't get the job because they had their quota met already. We don't have access to that. So I don't believe we can answer the question whether we believe that we've been involved in affirmative action in terms of being hired or anything. We don't have access to that information. Mm -hmm. And Abigail didn't have access to that information. And the problem with that dialogue is by default, a black person shouldn't get a job over you. When you say something like a black person got the job over me because of affirmative action, you, the reasoning that they got the job has to be because the policies of this place that I'm trying to be in dictated that they should have a black person over a white person. It couldn't be because they interviewed better. It couldn't be because my qualifications may not be as good or it couldn't be they just have a personality and charisma that matches the company in the eye of the interviewer more than me. It has to be there is no other explanation for this other than the school is letting black Latino minority people in and not me. That is a very problematic dialogue. The it implications of that dialogue extremely. are ridiculous. It is. it is. The implication is that you are automatically better by default. That's and the only thing that can bring about a, an affirmative action argument because we don't have access to the information and the policies. So her assumption was that they didn't let her in because she's so great, right? So obviously, you know, the only reason that they could possibly have for not having letting her in is affirmative action. Couldn't it be? But any other reason couldn't possibly be. Has to be that, which is ridiculous. Between her and the judge, that Judge said, Scalia, uh, which is a sitting Supreme Court justice and an asshole, he made comments referring to these universities as not being set up for black students to attend because they're not smart enough to yeah, attend. They're, these they're not the black students may not be up to speed of the curriculum of these universities, and maybe they need to attend universities that are a little bit more their speed. This is a Supreme Court sitting justice. That Making comments so like this regarding the African American. Now, he's like 70, probably, which means that he grew up in a different time, but it does not excuse the level of responsibility that you should have in that position in which you make decisions that are supposed to be objective, especially when it comes to race. And so then it questions your judgment and his, what he's done over the course of the time that he's been a justice. And was it based on? Exactly. Was he a, being yeah. objective? I would venture to say probably not, considering the fact that you would come out and say some stupid shit like that. Like, and so the response of black Twitter, the stay mad Abby was basically students that attended the University of Texas saying, hey, I graduated from here and I went on to go to Vanderbilt. I graduated from here and I went on to go and do this. I have a, a, a you know, I'm a lawyer, a practicing lawyer now. Just showing that obviously the school didn't just let me in because I was black, because I was able to go from this school to a much more prestigious university. 
made it just fine. Graduated the top ten in my class. Like you know, so yeah. that's what the, stay mad Abby. Some of them are funny, but a lot of them are just students showing pictures of them graduating from that university and saying what they're doing now. Just to show, which is sad, what we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. I shouldn't have to prove to you, other than the fact that I did the work and I graduated, I shouldn't have to prove to you that I'm good enough to go to this school based on only reason that you feel like I'm not is because I'm black. That's ridiculous. And that's miles away from where we're trying to go. Like, that's ridiculous. I just, it blows my mind that, that, that this is even something that's being said by a justice in 2015. <laughs> well, you know, with this situation, it's been going on since 2008. It's been a long time. Yeah. And the courts in te te Texas turned it down. The courts, the Supreme Court has heard it once before. And what they're not bringing up is the fact that her grades were subpar. What they're not bringing yep. up are there are people that had higher grades than her that are white that also got declined. What they're not bringing up is that there were a number of minority students that had higher grades than both of those groups that got turned down. What they're doing is nitpicking about specific instances and generalizing it to make it seem as if it's one big issue. Mm -hmm. But what a proposed theory is, which is not that far out there, is that she is just the face of a group of people that are that have been challenging a lot of those 14th Amendment uh, 14th Amendments. Mm -hmm. It's about trying to find a way to how am I trying to phrase this? It's about trying to find a way to overturn a lot of the decisions that were created in early America mm -hmm. that were to protect brown people in this country and because we have become more progressive use it in a way to show that it's reverse racism now yeah because it's somehow hindering white people from things and so this looks like an agenda that they're trying to use because this is the most conservative supreme court since like the 1930s you got to understand that a lot of those old supreme courts are the ones that implemented a lot of these things mm -hmm. but now we got this supreme court that are, are are hearing this case over and about to make a ruling on affirmative action and and so i understand the dialogue about affirmative action because affirmative action essentially meant back in the 50 40s 50 60s when black people didn't have anything somebody said hey black people are not getting jobs black people are not being included in the economic system mm -hmm. we need to find a way to do that we've tried to leave that to the responsibility of corporations but corporate america are not hiring black Americans. So we need to do something about it. So, hey, let's create this thing, affirmative action, in which these corporations have to hire a number of black people. So instead of, so now they have to have three out of 10 black people. Mm -hmm. You know, three out of 10 of your employees have to be, let's say minorities, because yeah. if you do research on affirmative action, it has helped white women more than any other group. Yeah. You know? And so, hey, but we're going to use black people in this example. Yeah. Hey, three out of 10 black people need to work in this place. It need to be three people out of 10. Three of them need to be black. Well, I understand the necessity of that because you're talking about an organization that would have had 10 out of 10 white. Yeah. Otherwise, because just because of the times. And so I think it was necessary. Now time has progressed and you still have those same laws, affirmative action, and you still need three out of 10 black people. 
in the in the in system that you're in. But it doesn't make you look past three either. And so I see how that can hinder that culture as well, because it's like. We need three out of 10 black people after we get our three, we're not looking at any more black people type yeah. situation because this is still America. There are still prejudices. Yeah. We, we say that we don't need affirmative action because, you know, these businesses will hire black people. You know, black people will get jobs. But what's going to happen is that there are going to be some integrity field organizations that do hire black people and hire on merit and hire brown people or whatever cultural race or religion that you are because of your skill set and what you bring to the team. But we also know that there's going to be a bunch of organizations that become all white owned, all white operated organizations because they are going to stop hiring black people. They are not going to hire black people. Yep. And so the whole mess of affirmative action starts getting the lines just start getting so blurred when you start talking about a university and their policies and how they've let in black people or not let in white people because we don't have access to that information. It's literally the person at the top either throwing away applications, passing, saying, hey, we got this quota or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know for a fact that Abigail Fisher didn't have access to that when she made these allegations. So I have to assume that it's primarily for her about race yeah. and what she sees. And the thing, again, I just feel like what you do when you say stuff like that is you take away the merits of these students by saying it's not because you had the grades because they still have to meet the requirements. It's not, again, it's not like they just pull in, you know, three random black people off the street and just say, because what that, that's not going to help the university or that's not going to help the business for you to just hire somebody. That's not going to, if you're going to have to hire these people, you're going to want somebody that is going to add to your business or that's going to add to the value of your university. So they're not just pulling random people that you still have to meet the qualifications to get in. It's just saying that you have to have this number of people who met your qualifications. You can't just have all white people. You have to, they still have to meet the qualifications, though. What she's saying is that they let in a bunch of students that didn't that she was better than that didn't meet the qualifications simply because they were black, and then they did, they didn't let her in instead. And exactly. it's like, what are you basing this on? How would she know? Did you see their <laughs> applications? No, you did not. Did you see their essays? No, you did not. Do you know their background upbringing? No, you did not. Do you know the education? You don't know any of this to make assertions that would lead you to believe rationally that the only reason that you didn't get in this, into this school was because you were white and because other black people got in you have one of them old mentalities in which no black people supposed to get in if i ain't getting in nope you know or if there's some spots after me okay yeah they can come <laughs> in after me but i'm supposed to get in because it's i'm me and i you know it's america and i get what it's privilege yeah <laughs> She's privileged. And this was an instance in which she didn't get what she felt like she deserved. So she's going to take it all the way up to the fucking Supreme Court. Like, seriously? And now, ain't no telling what this super conservative Supreme Court is going to do about this situation. And it's going to have implications for affirmative action. Uh, I don't know if it will be specific to affirmative action in universities or if it'll be a general all consensus of affirmative action or if they're going to target the 14th Amendment trying to change this thing to make it something different than what it is to reflect whatever decision the Supreme Court makes. I don't know, but 
That's affirmative action. I mean, the existence, they're going to make a decision in the next week. And we're going to find out what it's going to do. And I guess and we'll the see. Thing is, because this has been going on since 2008, she has since graduated from another university. She's working in finance. I mean, it's not like you couldn't, you didn't, it's not like you just, oh, I never got it, was able to get an education. I was never able to do what I wanted to do because this one university. Do you know how many students, if, Everybody who got a rejection letter from a university sued or went to the Supreme Court about the court. That's all the courts would ever do, because most people who apply to more than one university, unless you're one of these super smart kids who have like amazing grades and amazing extracurriculars who get in, into every Ivy League school in the country, unless you one of them, you probably are going to get a rejection letter from some school that you apply mm -hmm. to. But guess what? That's life. Because the same thing's gonna happen when you enter the workforce. You are gonna apply for a shitload of jobs before you get one. Like, that's just, that's how it is. Does that mean that it's their fault? Or does it mean that you need to work hard and do something different? Does that mean that you need to change up when you go on your interview or when you write your essay for the next school or whatever the case may be? Maybe you need to get your ass in the books and study a little bit more or get you some more extracurriculars. Maybe you need to take a look at you instead of automatically assuming, irrationally at that, because black people, because they were letting in all those black people. That's why I didn't get in. What? How is that even a place for you to go? Yeah. It's crazy, but I guess we'll see what the Supreme Court do about the situation, and it's up for grabs. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. The next thing I got to talk about is Daniel Holtzclaw. This is a police officer out of Oklahoma that I think is like half Asian, half white, half Asian, that has been preying on African American women as a police officer in that community. I read the timeline of the situation and it's just he do stuff like stop and make women show him show his boobs to not take him in. He'll get him in the back of the police car, expose himself, fondle him. One woman, um, he raped. She reported that he raped on her mama's porch. He was found guilty of all these things. So we can say that he did. <clears throat> we can say that he did this stuff by court of law. And. It is ridiculous. It was from ages 17 to 57. Wow. The women that he preyed on. I thought he just. And the way that it, they all the stories started lining up with when they say things happen and they checked his GPS and he would be at this place that she said happened. Mm -hmm. And then he'd be at another place where they said this. Like somebody three, like three or four of these will happen on the same days. Wow. What we have is a rapist that is hiding behind the badge. We yeah. have a rapist that. And I don't want to say it's because of the badge, but we have a rapist that's hiding in a position in which he has easy access to the target. Yeah. Kind of the same way sometimes when you see pedophiles that are in daycares and just in environments in which they're going to have access to kids yeah. in which they can do that thing. it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have a police officer that intentionally preyed on people that he wouldn't believe would tell because he targeted women that were in poor environments that may have had some substance history, that may have had a criminal history that either would not be believed or would not come forward because of the mistrust that that community already has in police. Yeah. And so he used his position to prey on those people. Well, and I feel like, cause I saw something where a parent, I guess people are like, well, why, you know, why wouldn't 
they the victim say anything. And I hate when people do that. When people question, well, why wouldn't the rape if they were raped? Why wouldn't they say something that don't understand victim mentality? But who do you call? Like, I think even if it wasn't somebody that was distrustful of the police or or somebody in in these environments. You're going to go to the police on one of their own and say, this is what happened. I feel like anybody would be kind of nervous about doing that. Anybody would question whether or not I'm going to be believed because this, these are this man's brothers in arms. Like this, these are the people that, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a different situation. You, I'm going to the police about the police. And I'm pretty sure that's not the face that he puts on in front exactly. of those people. And that's how you can look at somebody and say, oh, he would never do that exactly. when he absolutely did that. And I'm sure that a lot of people, when this came, were like, what? No, not him. Not Daniel, he no. He do that. Exactly. Because that, most people rape, they're charismatic as shit. That's part of the, like, they to cover it up, they're extremely charismatic. Very nice, seemingly nice people. So... I'm sure that was the case. And so I'm going to go and tell you that somebody that you think is this really great, nice, caring, upstanding police officer did these horrible things to me. And I'm going to have the expectation that you're going to believe me. That's a difficult thing to do. And anybody who says that they would do anything different or, oh, I would have. You don't know that. You don't know if, if in, put in that position how you would respond. And I hate when people like blame the victims because that's essentially what you're doing is saying, well, they should have said something. This is a police officer. Like, I'm going to go to the police on the police and hope that the police believes me about this officer who they has their back every day, who, you know, I don't know what kind of relationship he has with the rest of these officers. Police officers, they're a very tight knit group. And we're also we you're, you're mentioning generally that, you know, my brothers are going to support me. Mm -hmm. But we're also in a current societal trend in which the police profession is very defensive now yep. and they are very protective now mm -hmm. and so when you think about all of the stuff you've seen on the news and how police officers are not often being held accountable for things that they may need to be held accountable for who's really going to believe somebody that's going to go tell this thing about this police in this in this era of what we're experiencing in america with police yeah. and civilians nobody's <laughs> going to listen no how crazy does he have to be to even do because i mean think about it he's doing this knowing that these women could tell he didn't kill him he was he's not a serial killer who was getting rid of witnesses he did this and walked the fuck away because he was that confident that they weren't gonna say anything that tells you so, so like to expect that these women it's like he did this to me and I'm supposed to go and tell, but like, who's going to believe that somebody would do this Yeah, and just walk away? Who's going to believe me? A question that I've been wondering is how far is the spread of what one bad person does supposed to reach? Like, yes, one bad police officer did those things. He raped a bunch of women like that's in Oklahoma. Should I feel tense or apprehensive when approaching a cop because I've seen other ones do those things? I think it's a self-protective kind of instinct thing. And it's, here's the thing. The police we're taught, I mean, it's different for black folks now with the way the, with the current situation. But from the time you're a small child, you were taught that the police protect and serve. 
that when you have a problem or somebody's doing something, you go to the police. Once you are shown that the police are capable, capable, they're capable of doing this. Not to say that every police officer is going to do this, but very obviously some of them are capable of this. It is going to, it's going to make you look at them a little bit differently because it's like nobody thought he was going to do that. You can't look at a police officer and tell whether he's one of those or not. And though it may not be completely widespread, it does happen. And nobody thinks it's going to happen to them until it does. So I think it does make you a little bit more worried. And I think you kind of have to be. And I think that a police officer that does those kind of things is still a representative of the profession. Mm -hmm. He is still a representative of that culture. And I don't know if a police officer that's down the street from me is capable of that thing or not. And so sometimes people are going to have the reaction that because I don't know what that cop is capable of, or any cop for that matter, I'm going to stay away from all cops. I'm not going to interact with any cops. And in some cases, when I'm around a cop, oh, I might get some anxiety. Mm -hmm. Or I might start feeling a feeling I've never felt before because I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen because there is so much negative press about cops. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's just negative press. Some of it is actually negative things happen that need to be reported. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to media, the negative is highlighted. So you're going to have more experiences of that. Yeah. And I would think that cops as a whole would put forth more effort to show that they are not that yeah. and try to change their system instead of saying we're not the problem. Y'all are the problem. Y'all need to fix stuff and we're going to protect our system, mm -hmm. even at the cost of what we look like in that situation because that's what we got a lot of those police forces that are involved in those things i'm not saying that there's not good police forces out there yeah. i'm pretty sure there are some good wholesome captains lieutenants chiefs yeah everybody in the system is good in a good system i guess in the overarching problematic system of of the police force in general i'm sure there are some good isolated ones but in the ones that are messing up that are doing bad you would think that they would try to find tactics to embrace the community get back in the community show the community that we are here to protect you we are here to support you we need your support what do we need to do what can we do instead of saying it's us versus them yeah. which is what i'm seeing most of the time yeah they band together they're gonna rally around each, and again, that's another reason why to say, well, why wouldn't they have said something? That's exactly why. Because they're going to protect their own, like most groups do. And so you are going to feel, you know, is, are, is anybody going to believe me? Because it's so ridiculous. Like, what police officer is going to rape somebody in the back of their car? Like, One that's that is very confident. Exactly. That is a scary thing. And he's a police officer. So I write him out. What's going to happen to me then? Is he going to retaliate? Like, what's going to happen after I tell on him? Clearly, this happened to 18 people. Yeah. Before somebody started listening. Yeah. It should have. I guess it took a long time for them to start reporting this stuff. Mm -hmm. But it should have happened on the first one. It should have. I but don't know again, the timeline I mean, of how this. I don't know how they streamlined after the first person did report. Yeah. I imagine it wasn't just met with open arms and acceptance and a suspension. Doubt it. It was probably fought a bit until it started coming out from other people. Yeah. You know? But and imagine how that first victim that did report it and nothing was done felt. 
What does that show that person? And what does that show? I mean, it's highly publicized now. That might have been something in that area that people were aware of. What is that going to tell the rest of the people? Like, she said something, didn't nobody do shit about it. I might as well not say anything. Yeah, he did it to me too, but nobody cares. Obviously. Because nothing's been done previous to this and they know about it. Not to say, I don't know if they did or didn't, but I would imagine out of 18, you know what the timeline I know it was 18, but like... It was like from 2014 to... Damn! It was like a, a year. busy as shit, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a year. Just one year, 18 women. Imagine two years what that number would have been had this he not been held accountable. He would have just kept doing it. And this goes back... And, and I don't know if this really falls un, under the realm of that police accountability that I've talked about in a couple of other podcasts in terms of those questionable things this dude is a rapist mm -hmm. like absolutely 100 percent. he's gonna be accountable regardless you know what i'm saying of this situation because he represents an extreme of the worst case scenario of mm -hmm. somebody with a badge yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and so he definitely need to be held accountable for that which is a different accountability that those systems are trying to continue to protect you know what i'm saying and so I think it also plays into that level of responsibility the position you in has to have. You being a police officer, you have to regard your position as one that is highly respected and you have to treat it like that. And so when you allow people to get away with things like rape for a period of time, when you allow all of these other things to happen, you're not showing that you believe that that is a respectable position up there because you are allowing some of these things to happen. Yeah. You know? And so, responsibility. Responsibility is a big thing everywhere, but there are some positions in this world in which you're not responsible. Lawyers, judges, police officers, senators, presidents, all of these different positions, when you're not responsible with that position, it can have very very trickling effects to mm -hmm. a bunch of different communities a bunch of different different groups of people so you have to be responsible in that way yeah the next thing i have to talk about is charles barkley and charles barkley is a commentator on tnt he is hilarious by accident yeah i was just gonna say it ain't on purpose though <laughs> yeah he is quasi-intelligence i guess i don't know quasi might be even too it might be too much he is <laughs> i think that i think that he is charismatic and i think yes. that in a room full of dumb people he can get all of them to do what he want to do yes but i think if he get in a room with an intelligent people he uh, gonna be the dumb one he is Absolutely. you know what i'm saying <laughs> and so i think shaq and kenny and all of them you know give him leeway to say what he want but he was i think he was put in a position on TNT to make some comments about politics. Mm. Don't even know where it came from. I don't know. I only saw a small snippet. Maybe they had a commercial about a politician <laughs> or something, but the dudes just came out and said, so with Donald Trump being on talking about all of this, how do you feel about politics? Like this is not, this is, that was just an odd arena to ask an already odd person, not knowing what he may say comments about this particular yeah. thing. And so he gave his opinions, which seemed to be as normal as you can get out of Charles Barkley. And he started talking mess about CNN, the sister company, you know, so ain't no telling what's going to happen to him you after right. that. You but from that, the question I have is what responsibility do celebrities have to make social commentary on things that they really don't have a stake in? 
like their fame came from something random at times. It could be from sports. It could be from entertainment. What level of responsibility do celebrities have to voice their opinions? And I know that they can voice their opinions like anybody else, but when you consider how far and wide traveling their opinions can be, do they have any social responsibility for that? I think people expect a lot from from people who didn't necessarily sign up for that. And I know everybody's always like, well, you did sign up for it when you became a celebrity. Somebody that plays basketball and that is his main claim to fame that and that is what his skill set is to expect him to like be this, you know, voice of people for like on political matters. Eh, like, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know that that's a fair thing. Like, I remember when, um, I'm trying to think of what, I, I think it was like when all of the police shootings started like happening and it was big, there was like this whole thing about whether vloggers, which is huge now, like the people that have these huge channels and stuff on YouTube, whether they should be like speaking out because they have a platform to reach all of these people. The thing about it is what you're saying is that they should speak out in a way that you feel like they should. Because you're saying that they should speak out with their opinion. What if their opinion is not the popular opinion now? Should they change their opinion to match what people feel like they should say? Because they may not feel, you know, their opinion may not be the one that you want them to have. But they're still entitled to it. I don't know that, I don't know. I don't know that they have a responsibility I think that when you're talking about celebrities, I think when you talk about a celebrity that made their their fame came from a core of cultural education and experiences in, in different cultural aspects and knowledge and degrees regarding that. When you're a celebrity with that background, I think that it's different. But when you're a celebrity that has come up from somewhere else. Should I listen to you? <laughs> like, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying that they, they shouldn't. I'm not saying they shouldn't speak out. or can't speak out. They, they, you definitely speak out. That is your right. You can speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But should I listen to you? If you're speaking about something that you really don't know anything about traditionally, you know People what I'm saying? Sheep, man. Um, <laughs> I think everybody and I'm, you know, I'm the Google queen. I feel like everybody should be self-informed. And I feel like you should have your opinion based on how you feel and not just believe something because somebody else, like Charles Barkley, says it. Like, you, who is he to tell you how you should feel about Donald Trump? If you want to dislike Donald Trump because of his policies and because he's just an overall idiot, okay. But you don't, I don't feel like you should dislike him or dislike anything in general because Charles Barkley or some other celebrity like spoke out and said they felt this way about it. I don't, I think everybody should be able to come to their own conclusions, but people don't do that. People are sheep. Yeah. And just like Richard Sherman made some comments about Black Lives Matter. He mm-hmm. made the All Lives Matter statement. And it's like, it's some kids out there with Richard Sherman's poster on the wall Mm -hmm. and they are really likely to adopt a lot of the ideas he has about a lot of different things yeah and i'm not saying that they can't do that i'm just saying if i was a celebrity i would feel like i need to be a lot more intentional with my dialogue 
and with how I communicate what I believe to the world. And if you do believe some BS, say it because you believe it, knowing that the people that are listening to you may follow you. Yeah. Say it because you know it. Don't just spit out random things that you don't believe in or that you need to clarify at some mm -hmm. point because Richard Sherman had to clarify this at some point. Yeah. Tay Diggs had to clarify some statements at some point. Like yeah. you need to be intentional with what you say and how you say because what can trickle from your ideas can come a mass range of people that are vastly different from what you were really trying to accomplish. You're an extremely logical person though. I think people forget these folks become celebrities, they're still very much themselves, right? Becoming a celebrity doesn't give you moral a moral code. Becoming a celebrity doesn't put you in a place where you're fit to be a role model. It doesn't automatically make you into somebody who realizes that you're reach. Or even if you realize it that into somebody who gives a shit about the fact that you're that you're reaching all of these people who are impressionable and who can be impacted. You, you are who you are. Your personality is going to be exactly how it is, celebrity or not. And I think we assume that when people become famous, they're going to change into these like role model. And I mean, they, that may not be who they are. They may just be assholes and who, who looked up and became famous. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so they're going to be who they're going to be. And, and even if they realize that they have a reach, they may just not care because they're assholes and they don't care about anybody beyond themselves. And they don't care about anything beyond this check because yeah. they are, they're still who they are. I think we put a lot of, I don't know. We, we have a high expectation of these people who became famous for becoming famous is really lucky. Really? It is. A lot of times people can do exactly the same thing that you do. I mean, there are people who excel in their fields, but a lot of time that fa fame is like a, it's like Russian roulette. Like, you know, it and, depends and on how the people are going to take you. Exactly. It depends on so many the factors. connections you have, avenues. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of things I can't even conceptualize because I'm not, cele I'm not a yeah. celebrity. And if you were to ever become a celebrity, who you are today is who you're still going to be the celebrity version of you. Now, your moral compass tells you that you should be careful when you... But if somebody who was an asshole who just lucked up but became famous, he's not going to feel that way. He's not going to care. Um, should he? Probably. But I feel like you're going to be who you're going to be. Fame or not, no fame. Like, fame can change people, usually for the worst. I'm not yeah. It don't usually give people a conscience. Well, I guess the moral of the story is... Be careful who you listen to. Basically. Form <laughs> your own opinion, people. When your famous celebrity say something weird, it might be weird enough for you to do some research on and come up with your own ideas yeah. about it and stop following somebody else's. Stop being Perhaps. a sheep. Because everybody's not meant to be a shepherd. Most people are not meant to be a shepherd. So don't be a sheep. Like, don't be one. It's never good. Don't be a lemming. You ever <laughs> play that game? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a game called lemmings. So it's just... You, Every lemon just do the same thing the other yep. do, and it's a game. <laughs> it's an old game. It's weird. The last thing I got is a story about Hill Corp Energy. The owner, which is a billionaire, $5.9 billion worth, Jeff Hildebrand, paid his employees a $100,000 bonus check. I'm going to apply to that company as soon as we get off. Do you know how many people had that same idea? I know, but I'm going to like make sure that my <laughs> resume stands out. I have got to get in. I got to so that I can be in on next year's bonus. <laughs> when I read this story, I was like, okay, small operation, you know, 10, 15 people. 
This man paid nearly 1,400 people $100,000, no matter what position you were in in the business. Receptionist that's been working there for 10 years got paid a $100,000 bonus. I'm saying we got, listen on point, we gotta like, we gotta <laughs> go apply, man. <laughs> we gotta go, there's gotta be a position that I could feel, I, whatever he needs me to do, I got it, I could do it. So I, I can get that bonus. Janitors. I know, right? I worked for as a janitor for a year to get the hundred thousand dollar bonus. Maybe they subcontract janitors so that they don't have the. <laughs> Maybe so. Another organization doing the I janitor. I gotta see what positions are open. He probably got an influx of, of applications. Seriously, can you imagine what probably the server probably crashed when the storm came out? We gotta work for him. But this was a part of a promise that he made. He made promises based on the growth of his organization that he would do these things for his employees. The first thing he did. Apparently was giving them an option, I think, of a $35,000 check or a $50,000 car for their bonus. Took that check. <laughs> I know, right? Mm -hmm, that car. Yeah, the car. I just take a little, little something. I got something. the check. The, the car come with other bills, right? Yeah. Insurance, maintenance. Just give me the check. Yeah. Or give me the $50,000 car and let me put that thing up for sale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can get 40. I can, I can flip that. Give me a little five extra on top of that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I don't know. When I saw this. When I saw this, I saw a level of corporate kindness that yeah. you don't see. Hell no. <laughs> in any other avenue. Nope. What you normally see are corporations that are adamant and aggressive about draining the resources out of the employees, the workers. And I think in this situation, you have a situation in which he recognizes the people that helped his business grow are those employees, are those managers are everybody that is a part of the system and to show his appreciation he did something very extreme and i think that a lot of corporations don't even have to do things extreme no like my mom used to work at walmart my mom still works at walmart but before they became super walmarts they were just regular walmart mm -hmm. they didn't have the grocery side and all that stuff and so i remember when i was little every christmas walmart used to have this thing where they would invite the families and they would have like a big discount for every you can shop whatever you want to get like a percentage off mm -hmm. and they would give all of the kids their presents and toys and stuff mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that some walmarts don't do that i'm not saying that but i know at some point in time they stopped that i think it was after sam after, after sam died, died yeah like and the corporation started getting in the hold of people that weren't really about the core values mm -hmm. of that organization but were about you know, sitting at a round table trying to figure out the best way to gain capital and money from this situation. Yeah. Which is what happens to a lot of corporate corporations when they, you know, become franchises and when the corporate machine gets a hold to the situation. And so I don't know, just seeing that level of corporate kindness is something that isn't always seen. So as much shit as I'm gonna be talking about corporations <laughs> in these coming however many podcasts we gonna do, <laughs> I better get all the good ones in that I can I out of this situation because yeah, really. it, it's gonna come down on, on corporations in terms of what I got in my head about them. Well, they're usually like Scrooge yeah. prior to the visits of the ghosts. But they don't ever get ghosts. They, don't they just get, get to ghosts. be Scrooge forever. Yep. And then they kill people. Basically. It's like they're Scrooge they don't get ghosts and they kill people randomly and never go to jail for it. <laughs> they just go out on the street, stab a couple of innocent people and just get lawyers and say, hey, we didn't do that. You can't prove it. Even yeah. though you found the knife. Yeah. And they don't get any, any consequences. Yeah. So that stuff is coming.
Uh-huh. Just to let you know. <laughs> but that's all I got in this situation. We could keep talking about a bunch of stuff all the time, every yeah. time. But at some point, we have to draw it to an end. No, no Donald Trump this week? No, shutting down the internet? No. no. about him shutting Mm-mm. down the internet? I skipped Donald Trump on purpose. Okay. <laughs> I had to have a week of Donald Trump freeness. Oh, I hope we can have a lifetime of Donald Trump freeness. <laughs> the American people do what they need to do. Well, some Republicans are starting to denounce him from his comments about keeping Muslims from coming in the country. Stupid. But he raised up on the polls. He went up on the polls. Because America. America. We don't know nothing. We know we ain't nothing but a bunch of lemmings. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing no fault. I'm just afraid that the things that Donald Trump is not afraid to say are things that America believes but are afraid to say. Yeah, and, and they're so, going to enjoy the fact that he says what they can. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this is really going to help Bernie Sanders if Donald Trump is the front runner. Because if Donald Trump is the front runner, it's a lot of people that's just not going to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. I just don't believe it. And that's just going to help Bernie Sanders win. Yeah. It's probably going to be Donald Trump versus Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders is going to win. Because... He's the lesser of the two evils, I feel like. The lesser Exactly. Because that's evils. all politics is to me. Yep. It ain't ain't no best person. No, it's the, it's lesser, the lesser of the evils. Of a bunch of different evils. Yes. I don't care how charismatic, I don't care how great, I don't care how wonderful that person is. If you're a politician, there is somewhat of a cap on how much trust I can give you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. so I feel like it's the lesser of a bunch of evils. Yeah. And I think I'm talking about like major politicians because I think that there are some good local politicians Love out him. there who really have dreams and who really have ideas. But they usually lose to the sociopaths of politics. Because they're the more charismatic ones. Yeah. That's one of I mean, like, psychopathy, sociopathy increases in mm-hmm. percentage when you start to get into CEOs, when you start getting into politicians. The reason being is because the things that look admirable to a corporation or to or on a political candidate are things like an intense desire to succeed Mm -hmm. uh, being able to you know get away with things you know (laughs) when you don't need to you know being very cunning about things being very charismatic having a a very uh narrow Mm goal-minded objective when you look at somebody from an external perspective if they're not a killer that that looks like a good manager that looks like a good person to to bring up and when you look on the politi- political side, oh, that looks like a person that really gets things done. They yeah. really move forward, you know? Looks. But <laughs> but you don't realize that they also don't have a, that empathy yeah. for people. At all. And in positions in which you need to be able to connect with some kind of person on some kind of level. You don't realize that they have the potential to do terrible things without feeling negatively about it. Yeah. And those are positions in which when you do negative th- things and don't feel a particular way about it, it causes a flux of negative emotions or, or negative impact on a group of people. Yeah. And so, I wasn't supposed to be talking about no Donald Trump politics <laughs> at this <laughs> point. Fuck. You did that. You did that. I'm stopping. I'm done. I'm done. I, we can keep going, but I, I'm, I'm done. Okay. All right. Anyway, you got anything else on your mind? I, I do not. That was All it. All right. <laughs> well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.